<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to the Horrorcon Lounge Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorcon Lounge. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jeremy. And on today's episode, we are going to do a little celebrity spotlight on Jeremy's favorite actor. My man crush. Johnny Depp. So Not too proud to say it. First up is The Ninth Gate. Which is funny because, hold on, before we jump into the movies, I love Johnny Depp, but we did not necessarily pick three of Johnny Depp's best movies. <laughs> um, we'll get into it. They're not bad. I'm not like saying they're terrible, but when you think of Johnny Depp, I, for me personally, I think he typically nails characters. We're going to talk about one of them today. But like Wonka, he had his own version. The Mad Hatter for Alice in Wonderland. Like he nailed it. Um, Captain Jack Sparrow, of course. Everybody knows him by that. Like he nailed that role. One of the roles today that we're going to talk about, I think he nailed 100%. Another one of the roles we're going to talk about, I enjoyed, but it felt a lot like the other role that I thought he nailed. Jeremy's over here talking in fucking code like you guys are stupid. Yep. Well, they don't know what movies we're talking about yet. I literally told them last week. Oh. <laughs> okay, well then. Hey, Sweeney Todd is a cool looking character, but I thought he was a ripoff, in a sense, of Edward Scissorhands, so. Well, I read online somewhere that Sweeney Todd is a long lost relative of Edward Scissorhands. Interesting. Johnny Jep Johnny Depp said that. Johnny Jepp said that? Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even see that article, and I made that assessment myself, so there we go. It's almost like you and Johnny Depp are the same person. No, 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 no. Okay. So first up is The Ninth Gate, which is rated R, and it came out in 1999. This is a thriller slash drama, and it has a runtime of two hours and 13 minutes. Very long. Movie. And boy, oh boy, does it feel like It feels very long. long. This, this is not one of my favorites. So, so on the scale of Johnny Depp movies, there's like really good movies. There's really bad movies. And then everything in between. I won't say this was terrible, but this is more on that spectrum of the really bad side, unfortunately. It has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. The budget is $38 million. What are your box office guesses? Or I should say box office guess. 99. The budget was $38 million. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to say it was a failure. I'll say 15. 58.4 million. Yeah, so I made money. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to know what they spent $38 million on. But... I know, there was nothing that stood out in this movie as if it needed extra budget money. Yeah. It was a pretty basic, just straightforward story. For so. sure. So, take it away. Well, Johnny Depp plays the role of a book dealer, which is not to be confused with a drug dealer. <laughs> um oh 
my god. Oh, come on. That was funny. He... Uh, he's, like, hired by a wealthy collector to get this book that can summon the devil. Supposedly, there's only three copies in existence. Uh, the author, Aristide Tortilla, uh, supposedly wrote the book in collaboration with the devil. So Johnny Depp, throughout the movie, is trying to kind of work in... Um, what did I want to say? Like, as a team, I guess. Collaborate. There you go. Work in collaboration with a mysterious woman. She's following him, but I don't know how to explain this movie. It's just fucking Johnny Depp trying to get a hold of this devil book that's like really fucking shitty to summon the devil. This is the second week in a row that I asked Jeremy to cover a movie and he says he can't cover it. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about movies that are like not entertaining. I don't know. Well, you gotta figure it out. So uh, he's the one person that has the one copy of this book thinks the other copies are fake. But it turns out that all three copies are different. And some of the copies have, like, each of the copies has different, details. different details that are accurate. Right. And then it has some things that are changed. So um, Johnny Depp's character is going through, and it's like a puzzle to try to figure out... Um, the nine gates yeah essentially you need all of the books in order to actually you do. summon the devil yeah and so he hunts down the owner of the one book and he's trying to get the person to sell the book to her and then they won't sell the book and he hides the copy of his book well it's not his book but he hides the, the copy, copy that he has possession of. Yeah, in his friend's bookstore. Mm -hmm. And then it goes missing. So that's suspicious because he puts it there for it to be a safe place. Um, but you also see throughout the movie, people are dying in same, like in similar fashions that are depicted in this book. So he's trying to figure this out and then he sees um, this pair of twin brothers who they owned a copy of the book before someone else did. And then he shows them that the nine engravings are signed. And so six of them are signed by A.T. And then the other three are signed by L.C.F. And Johnny Depp's character is like trying to figure out what L.C.F. stands for. And he, I mean, it doesn't take him long, but he's just like, Lucifer? Mm. And they're like, oh yeah, Lucifer. So he's traveling all over the world to try to hunt down this other copy of the book. And he finds that three different engravings in his copy are signed LCF. And the engravings are signed 
that they have like differences um, from the ones that are signed AT. So he goes back and tells the owner of the book. And then the owner of the book is like, you need to get these other copies. And he finds out the next day that the guy has drowned. And so he gets his copy um, and finds that the three images that he had with LCF were torn out of the book. So now he travels some more to find this third copy and they don't want to give it to him. They are very not, not feeling him. So this mysterious girl saves him when he's attacked outside and then I mean, I don't know. This movie was just not good. No, it wasn't. It was very long. It was very slow. It was very dry. Eventually, they get all three of the books. But when they get to the point where they need the nine engravings to open the door, one of them is forged, right? There's like a, I don't want to say fake engraving, but. um, So they are like preparing to summon the devil and like perform this ritual with ritual holy shit um and it works and well it didn't work for the first guy but then um it ended up working for corso because i think he ended up sleeping with this mysterious girl and now her face like is sort of changing and then the girl is explaining that the prior man's ritual didn't work because one of the engravings was forged as you kind of mm-hmm. had mentioned yeah. um but he goes back to find the twins at their bookstore and he finds that they have mysteriously vanished and the shop is being cleaned out and then there's people cleaning up the bookstore and they're moving a bookcase and a paper like floats down from the top of the bookcase. And this is the last missing authentic engraving, which shows a woman that looks like the girl, the mysterious girl. And she's riding on like a dragon in front of the burning castle. So he goes back to the castle and you see gates opening up with like bright bright lights and then that's kind of implying that he opened up the ninth gate successfully yes yeah that was an awful retelling um and i blame jeremy because he was supposed to do that this was a hard one to explain because it was just very slow very dry there's not a lot going on other than searching for these books those twin brothers, I don't have like much fun facts about these movies, but the twin bl- brothers were played by the same person. Oh, yeah. They weren't two separate actors. Oh, that's neat. Kind of like Chucky did that in season one with um, Devin Sawa. Yeah, except these twin brothers were seen on screen at the same time. So were they, weren't they? I don't think so. Like side shots and stuff, but not. Like, they were literally right next to each other. Interesting. Okay. So, next up is going to be Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. This is rated R, and it came out in 2007. Mm -hmm. It is a musical 
musical horror, and it has a runtime of one hour and 56 minutes. And it is based off of an actual Broadway play. And it has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. The budget was 50 million. What is your box office guess? 88 million. 153.4 million. Wow, not even close. <laughs> yeah. So it opens up with a song called No Place Like London. And you see like a younger sailor named Anthony, and he is singing for the most part. And then like in comes Johnny Depp. And he starts singing along and he is Benjamin Barker, Mm -hmm. a barber. And then, you know what? About like right after this freaking song, I knew nothing about this movie going in, but spoiler alert, fucking Benjamin Barker is Sweeney Todd. Yeah. I... Didn't know they were the same person. <laughs> nice. Like, I I did, obviously I found out like five minutes into the movie. Right. But like, I was expecting Sweeney Todd to be the main character. He's not really. No, he's not. Like, Benjamin Barker is the main character. And right. so when you first found out, I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, shit, plot twist. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So Benjamin Barker basically explains that 15 years earlier, he was sent away to Australia for life um, by Judge Turpin. A corrupt judge. Um, well, it doesn't matter. Um, all judges are corrupt, I think. Not always, but... Um, so he was in Australia and he was exiled there. Mm-hmm. And um, he escaped and then he turned into... Um, oh, wait, No. Sweeney Todd, like, I got that fucked up. Benjamin Barker was exiled. And so then he changed his name to Sweeney Todd. Yes. Okay. I fucked up at the beginning. So Sweeney Todd is the main character, but it's really Benjamin Barker. They're they're both the same person. Yeah, for sure. So he now goes by Sweeney Todd Mm -hmm. and he goes to his old barber shop on, you guessed it, Fleet Street. Which is on the second floor. I found that interesting. We yeah. find out why later, but like, I've never seen a barbershop on the second floor. So. Yeah. So then we meet another character called Nellie Lovett. Mm-hmm. And she is played by um, Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very familiar with her work. I mean, I know she's in a lot of Tim Burton movies with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like Tim Burton's like lover or something? I'm not sure, but Tim Burton seems to have a go-to core of people oh, for sure. that yeah. he likes to cast. And... Well, a lot of people do, you yeah. know? Um, so I thought she was fantastic, but she owns a meat pie shop and she's very proud that she sells the worst pies in london Mm -hmm. and she goes on with a whole song telling us all about it Mm -hmm. and she ends up telling sweeney todd that after he was sent to prison the judge raped his wife like by his wife i mean johnny depp's wife right um who her name is lucy yeah he was still um Um, no this was after he was sent away to prison yeah but he was still known as 
Benjamin Barker. Benjamin Barker, correct. Well, this was like when he was being sent away to prison. Right. Um, and so, and then she supposedly poisoned herself with arsenic. And so this is when Sweeney Todd is like, I am going to reopen my barbershop and get revenge. Yes. And then you can tell, like, Mrs. Lovett has a thing for Sweeney Todd. She's loves it. And I mean, it, it really is very apparent, but mm-hmm. she gives him his old um, straight razors. His friends, I think he refers to them as. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the name of the song. The name of the song is My Friends. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah so it's the whole thing is literally it there's very very little talking it is almost it is 98% song yeah that was one thing so it gets better throughout the movie but i want to say the first 30 to 45 minutes it just felt like it was so much musical that i was really concerned watching this because i'm like geez this there's nothing going on other than a lot of singing at least that's what it felt like to me initially. That is how musicals work, yes. I understand that. But typically there's song, break for action, song, break for action, song. This felt like song, 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 song. And then we finally broke for action. And then it didn't feel as song heavy once it finally had that initial slowdown. At least for me. I don't know. Maybe it was different for you. Yeah. So we do find out that back in the day... Um, Benjamin Barker and what was her name Lucy I think that was her name had a daughter and the daughter's name is Joanna Johanna Johanna however you say it however you say it and uh, she is still in Judge Turpin's custody and he keeps her locked away in the upstairs of his house like fucking Rapunzel over here yeah so yeah Anthony the young sailor from the beginning of the movie hears her singing and just becomes fucking obsessed with her and then he is caught by the judge and the judge's henchman whose name is bamford beetle bamford um kind of like beats him up and is like don't don't even be seen on the street don't come back here blah 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 and then he is on a mission for like the rest of the movie to rescue this girl yes so then in the next scene we see there's this little like kid kind of i feel like it's a kid right selling this elixir um called pirelli's magic no pirelli's miracle elixir and it's like a hair elixir and um sweeney todd is in the audience along with well a lot of people are watching this song on the stage about this elixir very fucking catchy tune it's so so catchy that you just want to bash your head off of a wall because you you're never gonna out of your head it's annoying a great it's great but like Mm -hmm. (laughs) very catchy um and johnny depp says smells like piss and then someone's who said that and he's like i did Uh no fucks given he just fucking owns up to it and so purelli who is the barber that like made this hair elixir comes out and you know Sweeney Todd basically says he's a fraud oh my god that's so cool <laughs> mid-broadcast that's okay I don't care that's awesome we 
I just found out Shawn Michaels was announced at Steel City Con on Saturday only. By the time you guys hear this, it's going to be fucking old news because this isn't coming out for two more weeks. But that's really exciting. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that I have a new Funko Pop that needs some ink on it. You're welcome. <laughs> I would fucking love to meet him. That's awesome. I got to share that. I know my one friend Mackenzie is fucking obsessed with him and she cosplayed as him once. It was so good. Sounds like uh, Kristen's going to Steel City Con. No. Okay sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i saw that i'm like oh hey that's newsworthy yeah no i love it thanks and someone you'd actually be interested in for probably. sure yeah but the only thing is he's one day only so i feel like it's just going to be a tough one yeah that's right um, that line first just like sting when he was there one day only i know that, but that line was freaking forever yeah okay anyways anyway moving on. <laughs> um we see you know sweeney todd says Pirelli is a fraud, a scam, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they challenge each other. I don't want to say to a duel, but like to a shave off or whatever. Um, <laughs> That's an interesting what dynamic. Oh, I thought you were talking about me like calling it no, a no, duel. No, not, and I'm no, like, I don't know what Not to your call description. It. Whatever they are insinuating is like this challenge. Like yeah. You said. It's so very interesting. The shaving contest is um, judged by Beetle Bamford, who is the judge's little crony. Mm -hmm. assistant thing and then sweeney todd wins obviously um and then a few days later judge pirelli comes to sweeney todd's shop and he also brings his assistant who is named toby mm -hmm. and then Pir is, is this the kettle scene yeah this, that was one of my favorite parts of uh movie. so pirelli identifies himself as Sweeney Todd's former assistant, Davy Collins, and threatens to reveal his true identity unless Sweeney Todd gives him half his earnings. And Sweeney Todd's like, nah, not in my barbershop. Yeah, he's so, like, fuck that, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so basically now Pirelli knows that Sweeney Todd is actually Benjamin Barker. Yep. And threatens to expose him right 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 and so sweeney todd's not about to give up half of his earnings so he beats him unconscious with a fucking tea kettle <laughs> and then he hides him in a big ass trunk and then then um i think eventually i think he slits his throat well he does yeah but the little orphan boy comes in <laughs> he and keeps then asking for him yeah and then he like literally sits on the trunk and then the guy's Pirelli's like hand is fucking out of the trunk. Yeah. And, but the guy, like the boy doesn't see it. Right. And then eventually Sweeney Todd like opens it up and we see that um, Pirelli is still alive. And then he fucking just slips his throat. During that scene, you know, something that was implied, but never kind of told is that the boy is mistreated by Pirelli. He, cause he refuses to leave. He's like, I'll get lashings or I don't know exactly how he phrased it. But right. To that extent. But then he, Johnny finally gets him to leave the shop by telling him to ask his caretaker or his mom, I'm not sure what she actually was, for a little vodka, I think it was. So then he finally leaves, and that's when Pirelli's finished off. Yeah, so now Judge Turpin is deciding he's going to marry Joanna. And he goes in to get a shave from Sweeney Todd. And Sweeney Todd is preparing to fucking off Judge Turpin because that's his daughter and he doesn't, you know, fuck this. So they are, 
and brutally interrupted by fucking Anthony, the the younger sailor. They do a singing scene together. Everything is singing, Before Anthony walks in. No, I know, but it was an interesting... There's like this anger in Johnny's voice, but this calming, like, oh, sarcasm. Not sarcasm, but like bringing it down a level in the other guy's voice. Yeah. It it was a very, I liked the song dynamic between the two. So that song that Jeremy's referring to is called Pretty Women, in case you want to go listen to it. And Anthony then busts in and is like, oh my God, I'm going to go kidnap Joanna and blah, blah, blah. We're going to elope. And then he realizes fucking Judge Turpin is there. And then shit hits the fan because the judge is literally pissed. And he's like, I'm never coming back to here again. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell everybody to not come see you and your services. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, now... Sweeney Todd just fucking takes it up a level and he's like, I'm just going to kill fucking as many people as possible while he waits for another chance to kill the judge. What's interesting is he goes outside and he starts walking through this crowd of people, but it's almost like nobody notices he's walking through as he's just like as angry as angry could be. Yeah, he's irate. Yeah. So Mrs. Lovett is, has this brilliant idea to bake sweeney todd's victims into her pies (laughs) and then they rig the barber chair that's on the second floor to drop the victims through a trap door into her bakehouse yeah so anthony then the the young sailor i don't know why do i need to keep clarifying that he's the young sailor i don't know he's anthony (laughs) because he's anthony he searches for johanna and then he finds out turpin actually sent her to an insane asylum after he discovered that she was going to elope with anthony so todd's going on a fucking killing spree over here and then so mrs lovett then decides to take toby in as her assistant because pirelli's obviously dead um and this between the barber and the pies, the business is booming. So yeah. she needs an assistant. Absolutely. And then she sings this song to Sweeney Todd of her plans to marry him and move to the seaside. Mm-hmm. The whole time, like, Johnny Depp's character is so fucking uninterested, but he's just, like, going with the motions of, like, whatever. And this is a... I feel like the only like very brightly colored scene in the movie. Yeah, it was a very dark, dim movie setting all along. Yeah. You're right. This is where it kind of livened up a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So Anthony finally finds out where Johanna is. And then he poses as a wig maker um, to try to rescue her. And then basically... Toby gets suspicious of Sweeney Todd and then he tells Mrs. Lovett of his suspicions but he's like I am not going to let him hurt you so I'm just going to protect you and then Mrs. Lovett lures him into the basement and locks him in there so then we get the judge's little assistant henchman guy Bamford he comes to the pie shop and he says that all of the neighbors have been complaining about her chimney smelling and then 
Uh, that's when Sweeney Todd gives him a free shave and also murders him. Surprise. He murders everybody. So Toby stumbles across the basement where he, well, he was lured into the basement, but he stumbles across all these bodies, like all of the victims. And Mrs. Lovett then tells Sweeney Todd how Toby is suspicious of him. And so they go to search for him and find him so they could kill him. And then Anthony finally gets Joanna and brings her into the shop. Um, and he leaves her there and she's dis- in a disguise. And then an old beggar woman, woman, well, why can I speak? Um, comes into the shop looking for Beetle Bamford and Johanna hides in the trunk. This woman recognizes Sweeney Todd. But he hears Judge Turpin coming. And so Sweeney Todd kills the old beggar and sends her through the trap door. And then Judge Turpin comes in and Sweeney Todd explains that Joanna had um, repented and is coming to him. Then he offers the judge a free shave in the meantime. And then this is when the judge finally realizes that this is actually Benjamin Barker and he kills him, drops him down the trap door. So Sweeney Todd finds Joanna still disguised as the boy and he prepares to kill her as well because he doesn't fucking realize that this is his own damn daughter. But you hear Mrs. Lovett screaming from downstairs and so Joanna doesn't get killed because Todd goes down to the basement and he discovers when he's down there that this old beggar woman he killed was actually his wife, Lucy, who he thought he was dead because Mrs. Lovett literally fucking told him she poisoned herself with arsenic. Um, and yeah, so he is pissed that he killed his wife. And then there's this whole like song and dance with um, Mrs. Lovett. And he pushes her into like a fire oven thing. What is that? What does he push her into? Like a fireplace? Not a fireplace. It's not a fireplace. It's like one of those. Um... Like an old fashioned oven thing. Yeah, I can't think of. There's an actual word for it, but I just can't freaking think of the word for it. Like a cast iron stove or something like something. that. Something. Yeah, I don't It's one of those old school. Yeah. Some kind of like old oven. And then he goes over back to Lucy's dead body. And he is still singing and whatever. Um, And then Toby comes in and Sweeney Todd asks him to kill him. And so Toby slits um, his throat and then Sweeney Todd bleeds to death over his dead wife. Mm -hmm. The end. So what would you rate Sweeney Todd? So a couple of things about Sweeney Todd. I give it a seven and a half out of 10 and I'm going to say conservatively that is probably a low score. It's a really good movie, but it's also a movie that I can't personally go back to over and over. I really have to be in the mood to watch this movie. It feel, I know it's a Tim Burton directed, um, I want to say remake, but you know, musical adaptation to film but it feels very much like 
the next movie we're going to talk about, Edward Scissorhands. The town feels a lot like it. The Sweeney Todd character feels a lot like it. And even some of the dialogue, which to me was just an interesting, you know, assessment of the film. But once you get past, as I said at the beginning, all the, like, it felt like song after song after song with very little action to kind of break up that musical aspect. The rest of the way through, it wasn't nearly as bad. It wasn't nearly as song heavy. And I felt like the songs flowed a lot better. So I say a seven and a half out of 10 conservatively, it's not a bad movie. So that sounds like an average score. I give it that score more so because I can't go to this over and over again. You give it like an eight out of 10. Yeah. Anything more? No, I don't think so. That's about all I had. I really liked it. Yeah. It's it's a good one. I didn't think I was going to like it at first because there's so many accents. You know, I love accents. Well, and you know, for a longer movie it didn't feel that long it flowed pretty quickly Mm-mm. i was surprised at how i actually had to pause it to go to the bathroom i was like oh my god i only have 27 minutes left like <laughs> i would have thought i was only like halfway through right. the film so yeah i was pleasantly surprised at how quick it was yeah i mean i enjoyed it so last up on the agenda for today is edward scissorhands which is rated pg-13 and came out in 1990 this is like a fantasy romance and this has a runtime of one hour and 45 minutes and 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm glad it's got high scores at least. Yeah. So the budget was 20 million. What is your box office guess? 75 million. 86 million. Okay. This is, if you don't know for some reason, this is my all-time favorite Johnny Depp movie. And it's more so because I love the character Edward Scissorhands. Not that it's a bad storyline because it's a fantastic storyline. We'll get into it. We'll discuss it. But movie flows very well. The cast is perfect. But that character was just so different at the time. And it was something that I could get behind because it wasn't a bad guy. It wasn't a good guy. It was a poor guy who was forced into life under bizarre circumstance. Yeah. Let me tell you, I slept on this movie. I haven't watched this movie I mean, this is my second time watching this movie. My first time, though, had to be like less than a year ago. And it was because I kept in, or because I collect so much um, Edward stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that for you're sure. Like, I want to check this out because you're always buying Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, stuff. I'm like, why the fuck are you so obsessed with a stupid ass movie, Jeremy? Like, what the fuck? Right. So stupid. Even my phone case is an Edward Scissorhands phone case. I know, I for know. For those who haven't seen it. So the first scene is just like an elderly woman. Why do I keep fucking making the word woman plural? It's Winona Ryder as an adult. And <laughs> I swear, Jeremy in puts in the most useless information. <laughs> what? Why does it matter if it's fucking Winona Ryder? Well, because Winona Ryder's character throughout the movie, it's her as if she's like, it's like the old woman in Titanic. I she, had it starts that at off... the fucking end. You just spoiled fucking everything. Then cut that out. No, I'm not cutting whatever. shit out, Jeremy. That's what you get for opening your mouth. It's like the old fucking lady in Titanic at the beginning who's got the heart necklace, throws that fucker into the water, and then you go back and see Kate Winslet as oh her my God. for the entire Titanic movie. So same thing. There's the first scene. Proceed. 
Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> is an elderly woman telling her granddaughter about a man named Edward that lives up on this mountain. Because the granddaughter's like, why is it snowing just on the mountain? Like, that's kind of <laughs> weird. Um, and so she's just telling a little story about it. Uh-huh. And then... Is it snow? Go on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, if you can't tell a story about the one movie, you don't get to tell a story about the other movie that you like. Oh, so if okay. I have to do the bad ones, I get to do the good ones too. Oh, is that how it works? Well, yes. Is I, that why so you strategically gave me the bad one? Be, no, because I gave you the bad one so you could also do your favorite, but now you don't fucking get to do your favorite either. Oh, okay. Got it. So <laughs> after that first scene, the movie opens in this bright, cute little town all of the houses are different colors and I mean, they're all like the same fucking house, but yep. they're all just different colors. And right. it reminds me a lot of Bermuda. If you've ever been to Bermuda, there's all these like right on this main strip. There's all these like one's yellow, one's pink, one's purple, one's blue. And they're all like these pastel colors. So fucking cute. You know, on our Adams Family episode, we talked about the Adams Family movies and the um, cartoon, the animated movies. It's a lot like the first animated movie. That town is like a perfect resemblance of the Edward Scissorhands town. Yeah, except this is like live action. Correct. Um, so all of the town's ladies are like preppy and gossipy mm-hmm. and just like very uptight kind of-ish. Like, I don't know, very old fashioned. We see an Avon sales lady, Peg, going door to door, trying her hardest to promote first her products. All, do our listeners even know what Avon is? <laughs> yeah probably everyone except for fucking noah because he's the youngest (laughs) he's probably still does i know bob will know but i don't know that everybody so avon our listeners are mostly older males okay like your like your age so not like older but like old you made that clear on my birthday episode by the way yeah yeah so if you don't know what avon is ask somebody it's a fucking makeup sales company no you can get other shit from avon Bath and Body products, but it's mostly makeup, skincare. It's like Finger Hut, except door-to-door sales version. Do you know what you're talking about? Do you know what you're talking about? Avon? Yeah. Do you want me to pull up the fucking Avon website right now and no, show you what's available? Because it's fucking, fucking makeup and skincare. Everything about it is makeup and skincare? Per- some perfume, like, not no fucking Finger Hut. No. Jesus Christ. Oh my he had God. nothing to do with it. What the fuck? Oh my god. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. I never sold Avon. I don't know. Actually, I do know people who sold it. But anyway. Okay. So. Moving on. Fuck Avon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's just fucking failing in town. No one wants to buy her products anymore. Oh, and man. she and she's so nice. She is. She's a great sales. She's lady. like one of the few people in the town who's actually a nice human being. And yeah. they're just like shutting doors in her face. Like, get the fuck out of here. Well, and the one person lets her do her makeup and stuff, and then she's like, Peg, you know, I don't have the money to buy any of this, right? And then she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she comes across this old castle, and there she she just fucking lets herself in and she <laughs> finds Edward upstairs. And we learn that Edward's dad was an inventor and he died before he can give Edward hands. So he's got scissor hands. Shocker. I guess you never would have got that from the title of the movie. Yeah, but that was part of the just design to hold him in place. But um, the dad reminds me of Geppetto from Pinocchio. I was waiting for you to say the dad reminds me of Vincent Price. Oh, no. (laughs) 
He reminds me of Geppetto so from Pinocchio. And Edward Scissorhands is essentially Pinocchio. Yeah, for sure. That's a good analogy. So Peg just decides Edward's a fucking stray dog and she's going to take Edward home with her. And she tries to dress him normally, give him like astringent for his scars, etc. And she uses a bunch of Avon products on him. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the dinner scene, which poor Edward is trying to eat peas with his fucking scissor hands. She couldn't have picked anything besides peas, like fucking baby carrots, maybe. Right. Like something. Something, not Celery. fucking pea. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's so. And then the dad keeps calling him Ed or Eddie. And Peg is like, it's Edward, dear. He likes to be called Edward. One thing I was surprised at, though, the dad is actually nice to Edward. I kind of thought they'd have this stereotypical where the wife is the very nice, like, nurturing, coddling one. And the father is, like, the obedient, why is this guy in my house one. But they didn't do that. Yeah. So, and actually, the whole family is nice because the sister is nice, too. Well, a little bit about the family dynamics. So there's the mom, the dad, and then they have two children, the daughter and then the son, um, which, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about them throughout the movie. But the daughter is currently away on a camping trip with her friends. <laughs> and... um Boy, I, she's in for a surprise when she gets home. For sure, because Edward's sleeping in her bed. but In her water bed. <laughs> Peg tries to cover up Edward's scars with makeup and she's just not having any luck. And she's like, well, you're just so pale. Maybe we should add a little lavender to it. And then so she, his face is fucking purple. And then she's like, you know what? She's like, let's just do some concealer to cover the scars and we'll just start from a blank canvas. And it just, she just sucks. Oh, you love this whole makeup thing. I didn't care about any of that part. Well, whatever. I don't did I thought it was a stupid part of the movie to be quite honest but I'm just giving the listeners the useless details that you usually give them you actually know something about makeup so it's sorry I guess I was speaking out loud but it was interesting to hear you say that from your perspective because you actually understood what was happening I just I literally just saw a woman sticking a bunch of shit on his face and was like why are they doing this what does it matter like move on I think it's just really funny (laughs) compare compared Avon to finger hut and that's, I'm sorry, but that's fucking hilarious. Finger hat's better. It is better. I don't like Avon. Yeah, I just, that, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Avon. That's going to be the title episode. It's the slogan moving forward. Yeah. Fuck Avon. Um, so Edward is outside watching the dad trim the hedges and he tries to kind of copy him in. So the dad will snip one and then Edward will use his scissor hands and snip one. And then the next thing you know, like Edward's going to fucking ham creating like all kinds of beautiful landscaping sculptures um yeah, he's actually having fun doing it yeah Whereas the father's like this is a chore right and edward's like this is a blast dude. yeah so one of the neighbors comes into the yard and accuses edward of being from hell like she's a real crazy crazy lady and uh six to eight of the other neighbors i tried to count them but really couldn't count so about six to eight of the other neighbors come and they try to invite themselves to a barbecue they come to peg's front door and they're like so what time are you going to introduce us to your new house guest uh how does five sound is five okay and so they literally just invite themselves over and then edward we see him making himself useful around the house like he obviously made the topiaries he's chopping lettuce you know he's just being all kinds useful he cuts like a piece of thread when peg needs it um 
And we get a flashback scene with Edward's dad making cookies on like a weird ass cookie making contraption. So it's kind of when you see he's like an inventor. And this cookie making machine is really, really cool, but like really elaborate and useless. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it is now time for the barbecue. And Edward uses his hands to cook kebabs for all of the neighbors. And then all of the neighbors are feeding him, trying to get on his good side, trying to get him to do their yards, everything like that. They're just all over him. The one lady's actually trying to friggin' seduce him. Yeah, that's a little bit later in the movie. But yeah. yeah. So um, the sister comes home from her trip and goes into her room and screams when she sees Edward. And then it startled Edward and he's like starts flailing, flailing his arms and he basically punctures a lot of holes in the waterbed. <laughs> you just see water shooting everywhere. Yeah. And then afterwards, the dad takes Edward downstairs and gives him a shot of alcohol, but he tells him it's lemonade. Like Ed asks, like, what is this? And then the dad says it's lemonade. <laughs> and then the next day, someone offers him actual lemonade and he just throws up because he doesn't handle his alcohol well. Mm-hmm. And so we see that he starts grooming all the neighborhood dogs and he even gives all the neighborhood women haircuts. So the one neighbor, Joyce, keeps coming on to Edward. Um, She's like, let's open you up a beauty salon and I can help you get a loan and let me show you the back room. It's the best part. And then she's like, can I try my different smocks for you? And so she's like undressing. And then at dinner the next night, Edward's like, yeah, like it, it went well with Joyce. Like there's a spot where Peg, you can sell your Avon. And then she showed me the back room and then she took off all her clothes. And then the family was like super alarmed. Yeah. Um, Kathy Baker plays Joyce, by the way. Cause she looks super familiar. That's why I had to look her up and see who that was. And next up is the burglary scene. So Anthony Michael Hall's character is Jim, who is... The daughter's boyfriend. And he's a dick. He's an asshole. Yeah. And we don't like him in this movie. He's a typical asshole. Yeah. And he plays the role really well. He does a good job. <sighs> yeah, he's a great actor, but he was when I met him, I got to talk to him about this movie a little bit. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked now, but Kristen was there for that. And I think he appreciated it because I had a custom Edward Scissorhands photo made. And then he ended up giving me a free mini poster because he liked it so much. Like And a free selfie. Yeah. He was, God, if you haven't met Anthony Michael Hall yet, please go out of your way to do so. He was a fantastic a gentleman. Yeah. Dressed to the tees every day. Very Custom professional. Suits, yeah. Very friendly. Very outgoing. We had a genuine conversation. Like, that was a really surprising experience for me. Yeah. I had a great time that day. Sorry i love this movie so it's easy for me to get sidetracked and kind of add on to it because it's just such a such a gem so the burglary burglary scene is jim convincing like he doesn't like like his parents are very very rich and they aren't like helping him buy a used car or anything and so he wants Edward to break into this locked room to get some things out of that room so they can sell for money. But really, there it's a plan to set up Edward because um, the sister is like kind of falling kind of ish in love with Edward. And 
not so much into her boyfriend anymore. And so... And he's jealous. Yeah, they set up Edward and Edward gets in trouble and he doesn't throw them under the bus. Like he has the opportunity to come clean and say like, Jim set me up and blah, blah, set me up. And he doesn't, he just says he takes responsibility for it. And so now we um, come around to Christmas time and Edward is carving an ice sculpture that looks like Kim, but it's like an angel version of Kim. And the ice shavings are thrown into the air and they're falling like snow and that has never happened before because I think the movie is set in like Florida or California or one of those like really nice states. Yeah, it's definitely a sunny state where they don't get snow. Yeah. And so Kim is dancing in the snowfall and Jim arrives and he calls out to Edward and Edward gets startled. And so he accidentally like he moves and cuts Kim's hand. Um, Kim is the sister, by the way. And Jim accuses Edward of actually like harming her and kim's like fuck you buddy like it was an accident and so she breaks up with him and edward doesn't know that she broke up with her boyfriend and he just goes on this like rage and he's like dragging his hands down their wallpaper and he's just destroying everything um and he makes like a little demon topiary outside the one crazy neighbor's window yeah the crazy lady her name is esmeralda i think a good um, reference point would be the ch- the woman from the mist who went. Nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like <laughs> just to give some some reference yeah. to how crazy she was. Yeah. So the parents go out to find Edward, and Kim stays at the house in case he comes back. And then he does come back and finds Kim, and she asks him to hold her, but Edward says he can't. Um, and then. Jim and his buddies are drunk driving to Kim's house and they basically almost run over Kevin. Kevin is the younger brother mm-hmm. and Edward pushes Kevin out of the way while simultaneously cutting him on accident. Um, so Jim, again, fucking big tough guy asshole accuses Edward of hurting Kevin. And then so Jim is starting to fight Edward and Edward is defending himself um, and he cuts Jim arm, Jim's arm and then he fucking runs away to his mansion. Yeah. Um, and then it, this reminds me of like the scene in Beauty and the Beast kind oh, of yeah. like it's where they hunt the beast down in the castle. Right. But um, Winona is chasing after him first. Kind of yeah. like Belle. So Kim confesses her love to Edward and kisses him and she leaves, leaves Edward alone And she convinces them that Jim and Edward killed each other because Edward kind of killed Jim. And then she knows. He didn't kind of kill Jim. He fucking killed him. (laughs) Um, But she convinces them that they killed each other. But Edward is low-key still alive. Right. But, well, she grabbed a glove, right? Kind of like a A spare pair of hands. hands, In a sense. A spare pair of scissor hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have the hands. See, he's dead. Right. Leave him alone. Yeah. And so... Not that this is going to be a shock to anybody because Jeremy fucked it up at the very first sentence, but the elderly woman is revealed to be Kim and she finishes telling her granddaughter the story and says that she never saw Edward again so that Edward would remember her the way she was in her youth and she believes he's still alive because it would not be snowing without him. And then we see Edward carving ice ice sculpture still um, and we see little pieces of ice floating like it looks like snow 
Um, and the end. Yeah, so where's all that ice coming from? Do you mean because it's Florida? Just in general. Where's he sculpting all that ice from? Like, where's it? How's it getting up there? Where's he getting it at? Jimmy, it's a fucking fantasy movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So one thing they never clarified. Jeremy's Edward, about to piss me off real fast. Go does ahead. Does Edward actually need to eat or drink? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. But he's not a robot. So it's like a weird dynamic. I always wondered about that. It's fucking make-believe, Jeremy. Yeah, well, logically, it's hard to digest. It's not a fucking logical movie. Okay, well, guess what? I want it to be a fucking logical movie. Then why don't you make your own movie? All right. I'm going to remake Edward Scissorhands. Do it. The logical version. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so. I love this character. 10 out of 10. Nine and a half out of 10. Absolutely. What a poser. This movie makes you feel every freaking emotion in the book. You feel happy. You feel sad. You feel angry. It is fucking heart-wrenching. You laugh. There's a lot of, not a lot of comedy, but a good <sighs> amount of of comedy mixed in. Yeah, 100%. This, the movie is just fucking roller coaster. so balanced, though. It's not like super high, then super low. Like it's a balance of just emotion, feeling, excitement, depression. <laughs> Absolutely heart-wrenching. It's an awesome storyline. Yeah. And it's just a very basic, it doesn't feel like a romance to me. And I, maybe that's because of Edward's character just being so unique. But I don't feel like it's a love story, like the notebook where you're just sitting there like, uh, they're in love with each other, big deal. Would you be surprised if i told you i forgot some of my notes downstairs in my lunch bag from work not at all <laughs> when don't you forget your notes i know yeah i'm not gonna forget my notes for the foreign film episode because they are on my phone yeah we have one more to go so that's gonna be a fun one um but what i love about this movie too back in 1990 i think this came out in 90 yep you didn't see stuff you, you saw the romance you saw the you know anthony michael hall asshole character with the you know kind of innocent nice girlfriend but you didn't see like a pinocchio just kind of randomly out there needing to be brought in they actually didn't need to be brought in but they brought him in and tried to adapt him to real life situations and he's not a bad guy but because of coincidental circumstances happening it gives the perception that he's a bad guy to some people Whereas other people see that he's a good guy and know that he's a nice guy. It was just a very interesting dynamic to me. Yeah. Sorry, so I'm speaking a lot. Do you have something you want to You're not say? speaking a lot at all. It's fine. I just told the whole fucking story. You can talk. Is that all you have to say? I like adding the extra stuff as opposed to actually explaining. The Go story. ahead. No, you're fine. Or do you have more to say or no? No. I just, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're you not know, talking too much. This... I fell in love with Tim Burton as a director based on this movie as well. Like there was so much to this film that made me a fan. It was Edward Scissorhands, the character, but it was also Tim Burton's plot development, character development, the setting aspect, because it felt a lot like Beetlejuice, the Adams family. You know, we talked about Sweeney Todd felt a lot like Edward Scissorhands. He has this kind of dark, gloomy tone to his films get out that tim burton dark and gloomy what <laughs> but it just feels right it doesn't feel forced 
it feels like a natural movie setting whereas i feel like sometimes directors have to overdo some of those settings yeah no i just tim burton is one of my three favorite directors edward scissorhands is my favorite character and this movie not even the romance portion of it just storyline from start to finish was amazing for me yeah so sean astin you met him right yeah um he was considered for the role of jim but he turned it down because he wasn't comfortable playing a villain some other people that were considered for this role christian slater Kiefer sutherland keith coogan and river phoenix wow if Kiefer Sutherland would have been in it, maybe I would have been more excited for that Monster Mania announcement in August. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, um, I could see him hitting the role. I couldn't see Keith Coogan. No, Keith Coogan is way too fucking nice. He's so friendly. Um, who's the other one he said? Christian Bale? He could do no, it. No, Christian Slater. Oh, Christian Slater. He could do it too. And River Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. So... Do you have any guesses on who else was considered for the role um, of Edward Scissorhands? Oh, man. Big, big name. Who does Tim Burton love to use in his movies? Not the correct answer. You're already oh, wrong. Okay. I don't know that I could see anybody else doing that. To be, and that's not me as a Johnny Depp fan. You're going to laugh when I tell you. But I can't see anybody else hitting that role the way he did. But go ahead. I will tell you, I am not a Johnny Depp fan. Like, I don't have any negative feelings towards him but i don't care one way or the other if he's in a movie or not like it's not does nothing for me either way um i really don't like a lot of his movies but it has nothing to do with him just not my i don't like the pirate movies i don't whatever um tom cruise was considered for the role but he didn't take it because he wanted a happier ending i wouldn't have liked that i don't think yeah i mean maybe i don't know I have nothing against Tom Cruise, but I like him more as kind of the, he's not a villain, but he's also not like the super good guy either. He's kind of the like sly, smug guy. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think Johnny Depp ended up being a good choice. For 100%. Like I can't even picture anybody else doing it. Yeah. But I, and I feel, I have to be completely honest. Um, I feel like such a, I don't want to say a poser, but like, I have this weird feeling, like I feel uncomfortable liking movies that Jeremy also loves. Cause I know Jeremy takes pride in liking unique things. Oh God, you don't have to worry about shit like that. But listen, I just call people out on their bullshit, but it happens all the time because Jeremy recommends these movies to me and then I fall in love with them. And cause it's stuff I never would have given a chance on my own. But like Edward Scissorhands, like fucking 10 out of 10. It's a brilliant movie. It's so good. Terrifier, 10 out of 10. Amazing movie. Like, and so I just feel bad, like stealing all of his favorite movies. And I'm just like, I love it so much. It's a great movie. And like, Jeremy's like, you fucking bitch. Like, he doesn't say that, but like, I just feel weird. Like, because everything that he loves. So, so, so here good. we go. Ninth Gate, you're going to go out and buy a fucking movie theater released poster to get signed. No, why the fuck would I do that? Because that's what people do who hate movies. That You wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't do that. But there's people that supposedly hate movies that then go out and get a poster and get a sign and and then rave about how great the movie is. I'm talking about copying (laughs) off of you. I know. 
So I love Edward Scissor. I said nine and a half out of 10. That's because it's hard to give anything in 10 out of 10, but I am very like easy to give bad scores and easy to give good scores. Like it's honestly scoring never fucking take my scores seriously because if you ask me tomorrow, I could say it's a nine out of ten. Like yeah, but there are it scores. fucking takes like, you should you know always give them your own well and it you has, might like the ninth gate you know we both didn't and personally <laughs> like my scores never ever are a telling on the actor's ability the filmography the cinematography nothing about the actual quality of the movie it's just my personal preference and you guys know freaking Noah busts me all the time Donovan busts me all the time about like my movie choices and stuff everyone freaking does and it's fine like so which is funny we're gonna see if her opinion changed ever so slightly on zombie shit but foreign foreign films in general I think maybe but we don't know what the next episode is going to be um I did have a calendar of things scheduled booked out from here until August um but We've come up with a lot of ideas. We've finally. got You've been asking of... me for some stuff, and I finally offered some input because a lot of, a lot of it, I was just letting you kind of take the wheel and drive. Yeah, and I want Jeremy to have some input. So we got. That's why I and I know I technically was I was the one that said we're going to do Johnny Depp episode, like a she Johnny did. Depp episode, but it was his idea originally way back when, and I right. finally was like, okay, we're going to do this. So Jeremy is like. Well, and, and then I fucking pick the movies anyway. You did pick the movies, but to be fair, we're trying to specifically pick movies that you haven't already heard. So, like, I think we would have loved to have covered Secret Window, but that got mentioned on the Stephen King episode pretty yeah, heavily. For sure. So it was like, well, let's, we're not going to cover it again. That's Well, that's the same boring. thing. Like, I think I don't really know who my favorite actor or actress is offhand. I'd really have to think about it. But the first one that comes to the top of my mind is Robert England. And we're not going to freaking cover Nightmare on Elm Street again. Like, we already talked, we did a whole episode about it. No, but you you have a Robert England movie coming up, do you not? I sure do. (laughs) Sometime coming up. We have another one of those fun episodes where we each picked, well. Movies for each other. Actually, hold on. I picked movies for Kristen. She has not given me a single movie to watch yet. We can do this live on the podcast because your movies are in my phone here. I just never sent them to you because I was waiting to see maybe I would change. <laughs> but these are your movies. Oh, let's see what we got here. We got Happy Death Day. Are you telling everybody? You can tell them. Go ahead. Barbarian and Jennifer's Body. Okay. I haven't seen any of the three of those. That's the whole point of the... <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the point. And what were your movies? Do you remember? Maniac. Mm-hmm. Casper mm-hmm. and another shitty movie that I don't watch. You didn't have Maniac. No. No, I don't think so. Maybe. Was did. that not the Robert England movie? The Manglers. The oh, Robert the Mangler. England. The Mangler, Casper, and what was the other one? They were all from a specific year. Well, no. They were all old. I tried to do. No, they were not. Yeah, they fucking were. Two of them were from 1995. And That's one old. Was 1994. It's not fucking old. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's almost 30 years old. Good God. Fuck yourself. The 90s were five years ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what, what the third movie? movie was, though? It was Casper the Mangler, and then I picked something random that matched up with those years. I don't think it was Maniac, though. No, it wasn't. I was thinking of the Mangler when I said that. I want to say, oh, man. Interview with a Vampire. There you go. That's what it was. Yes. So I have Interview with a Vampire, 
the mangler and casper jeremy has barbarian happy death day and jennifer's body yes that should be fun i've been wanting to watch at least two of those and i feel like you can really tell this is like the core difference in me and jeremy is the movies he picks for me are all from the 90s like mid 90s and mine are all like new movies (laughs) relatively new movies jennifer's body is the oldest movie on there fair though mid 90s is better than 60s or 70s or 80s because i had another idea that you were like fuck that you can you can get on this podcast you can do it all by yourself because you're not going to be a part of that discussion (laughs) i say that all the time no oh yes i do actually yeah uh universal monsters (laughs) (laughs) i said no you can find somebody else to do that with you no thanks yeah. Well, and actually, then I did counter offer so, him. With so something. if you want to hear a Universal Monsters episode, you've got to get onto the page and urge Kristen to change her mind. They're not going to fucking tell me shit. Like, I appreciate your recommendations, but I'm not going to watch the Universal Monster movies. I did counter offer him with something. I said, you can watch the original Universal Monster movies and I will watch the modern day remakes and then we can compare and contrast. And he said no. So that's his loss. I tried to compromise and he said no. So is there a remake for all of them? Probably not. I don't think so. That's why I fucking shot that shit down. <laughs> There's an invisible man remake. I know that. <laughs> fucking I don't even know that's the same concept. Who knows? We'll figure it out. I think I'm, there's a Wolfman remake or something. I don't that, know. Those are not the same concept as the Universal Monsters. How do you know if we that didn't talk about them? That is a new adaptation of them. How do you know if we didn't talk about them? Have you ever seen them? No, you haven't. So we watch the Universal Monsters first, then we watch the new adaptations, and we do a joint no. episode. That was not the counteroffer. Okay. okay. Go watch Edward Scissorhands. Go watch Sweeney Todd. Ninth Gate. I don't know. Maybe you'll like it, but neither of us did. Definitely would be at the bottom five to ten Johnny Depp films of my all-time list if I were to ever rank every movie he's ever been in. So, we don't know what's coming up next week, but it's going to be good. And you can check in our Facebook group, the HorrorCon Launch Podcast. Our pinned post at the top does have a schedule of our upcoming movies. Oh, we got another ranking episode coming up, too. Coming up in July. We've got a ranking episode coming up. All right, we got some time yet. Good mid-july but it'll be here before you know it yep. so gonna be the final remaining major franchise at this point I we think. are doing halloween in july yep. so we've got a special guest and we're very excited about it oh um, and andy listens to the show andy we saw that you want to be a guest you will be a guest at some point yeah i just throwing that out there on a whim i don't know what we're gonna rank but we'll get andy on too so. yeah andy will be on not obviously not for the Halloween episode, but for our next ranking potentially. Mm-hmm. We gotta just message him and we see, gotta what reach he out likes. And see what he likes. Yeah. Absolutely. Find something that Or we can torture him with something he hates. Yeah. I, I think the ranking episodes though, I so the scream one I was kind of bummed about, and maybe it was just that your mom didn't jump in all that often. Right, for sure. But I think you gotta have at least six or seven movies to talk about. Like if there's only three or four, it's not any fun. I think it is kind of still Meh. i just it's well it's a lot of work watching all these freaking movies it is but we've already knocked out what three in the last 12 hours no 24 hours let's say it's been like 18 
It just rattled off three different numbers. Did we watch even three movies? I don't we think did. we did. We watched two movies. We fucking watched two movies. Two. I watched like five. Well, that's different. <laughs> you were asleep. I was asleep. I was getting my beauty sleep. Anyway, we watched more. Okay. She and I watched two movies. I watched five movies. <laughs> Go to our Facebook group, Horror Lounge Podcast. Our pin post at the top has a schedule of our upcoming episodes, what we'll be watching and talking about. And also go to linktree.com slash horrorcon lounge. There's links to everything there. The Facebook group, our Instagram, our merch shop, which has $16 tees right now. occasionally. Well, not right now because this episode is going to come out in two weeks. As we're recording this episode. <laughs> but doesn't do you listeners any good. <laughs> no, but keep an eye out for the sale. Don't buy a $22 tee. I'm just going to tell you straight up, like, wait until they go on sale. Yeah, for, they're for always sure. on sale for $16. So, and we've got hoodies, mugs, stickers. Cell phone cases. Cell phone cases, tote bags, pillows, lots of stuff. Baby onesies, kids shirts. And Jeremy and I have keychains. Giddy up. I haven't seen this keychain yet. They were delivered today. I haven't seen it either. We're going to go look at it together. Awesome. All right. So. Um, Hey, before you stop that, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just fucking talk. Please support our friends at Indiegogo. Um, there's a few of them that we've published in the group. I know Sean Whalen is doing Crust, which filming completed for that one. Our friend Xander Goldman is doing Macabre Mountain. Filming is completed for that one. And then I just saw today, you might not even know this yet. Bryn Dami? Dami? I don't know how to say yeah. her last name. Our is, friend from Steel City. She's doing, she's filming a movie. Oh, good. She has, she's working on it right now, so... I'm assuming that one's going to probably go on Indiegogo as well, but I know all of them. I don't want to say personally, but we've met all of them. We've had discussions with all of them. We interviewed Sean. If you haven't listened to that, you know, go and check that one out. But we plan to interview Xander. He has been super interactive with us, just very busy, and his schedule hasn't aligned yet. So we haven't had a chance to have an actual in-depth discussion, but very friendly I've talked to Bryn a few times at Steel City Con. I know she works there as a volunteer. Very friendly, energetic, and outgoing. Please help support their movies. You know, Terrifier 2 was a huge hit. It was an Indiegogo Also, Stream is, you can fund Stream on Indiegogo. That's from the makers of Terrifier 2. There you go. Um, You know, David Howard Thornton is in it. That one's going to be a big one. I'm so fucking excited for Stream. I want to do an episode on it. I've been trying to get with Michael Levy to do an interview. Um, but, you know, David well, Howard Thornton's in it. Daniel Harris is in it. Tony mm-hmm. Todd is in it. Um, Daniel Roebuck is in it. Freaking, no, maybe not Daniel Roebuck. I'm thinking of Mark Holton is in it. There's a million big names. Um, Jeffrey Combs is in it. Lots of, I keep like touching Jeremy as I'm trying to think of these names. And he's probably so creeped out by trying to think of these names but so many good well names that we've seen around before are in stream so stream macabre mountain crust does Bryn's movie have a name yet i don't know what the name is I'm okay gonna have to, i'll look into that okay we'll mention it in a future episode for yeah sure. go to indiegogo.com and then just search in the the search bar macabre mountain search for stream search 
um, crossed, crossed, you know. Which is featuring Rebecca Kennedy, who is another Indiegogo person that we will be speaking with shortly. Rebecca and I have talked, yeah, two days ago via private messenger. And Jeremy and I are watching some Rebecca Kennedy movies this weekend, and we will have her on as a guest. So that's exciting. She's like our number one fan on Instagram. She likes every single post without fail, and it makes my heart so happy. That is awesome. Nancy Ann Ritter has an Indiegogo out there. I don't remember what the name of that one was. I was going to say Don't Blink or Eyes Open. or It was something to do with eyes, I think. Also, Inner Child, too. I don't know who's involved in that one. I mean, I know Felissa Rose is going to be in it and Scout Taylor Compton. But I don't know the like producer and directors of that one, um, but we, you will see some familiar con faces in that as well. Slasher Nurse is another one oh, yeah. that I've been following. That's got a lot. So really, this is how we get new horror content made Absolutely, and just keep the genre alive. And, and a lot of those campaigns, you don't have to donate $500. No. There's Xander, like a 5 or $10 perk. Like Xander something right simple. now, one of his perks for Macabre Mountain is $10. You donate $10, you get a t-shirt. Yeah. Fucking t-shirt. Jeremy and I each have two of them. Yeah, he sent us four. Yeah. Like. <laughs> we bought the DVD. I got a post. I, I did a few of the Macabre Mountain ones, but still, you don't have to donate a ton of money. And even if you only donate a dollar, like every right. little bit helps. For Crust, I did, um, I entered a park to have a design be worn by Rebecca Kennedy, which very salty. Our design wasn't picked, but our friends over at No Good Music, their design beat us out. And so you will see their... <laughs> Is that a little salty? Rob, she's not angry. <laughs> I'm happy for them. I'd, I'd rather be Rob than someone else. I'm I very agree. sad for myself, but I I'm agree. very happy for no good music. Um, and so you'll see them in the. But we also movie. got other perks from that movie. That was one of. Them That's what that I was going to say. Yeah, donated. To. That's the one I donated to, and then I also donated. I paid forty dollars, and I got a signed eight by ten by Sean Whalen and Rebecca Kennedy. So I got two autographs, which showed up and looked awesome yeah so i got two autographs on one eight by ten for 40 bucks you literally can't beat that's 20 dollars an auto you can't beat that and i did a mini poster which i think was like 80 bucks but but that's like this full cast yeah but i'm, full a, cast I'm a poster collector as you all know and if you haven't seen <laughs> yeah if you have any questions about finding any of these links do not hesitate to message me or jeremy or email us at horrorconlounge at gmail.com sure. ask us which one you're interested in or all of them, whatever. We'll send you the links. You know, if you don't want to search them, we'll find them and we'll send them to you. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is there are some really great shows coming up this summer. Specifically, August is the next like heavy hitter of the the triple header: Monster Mania, Steel City, New Jersey HorrorCon. New Jersey HorrorCon, we're going to cover people under the stairs, so don't send that one into us. But we want your feedback. If you want us to cover a certain movie for any guests that are going to be at those particular shows, let us know. Um, right now, Kristen and I might not go to Monster Mania, but we're still going to do an episode on it because there's there's a great cast there. I don't want to speak negatively about any of the shows because they all have a great variety of guests. There's pros and cons to each show and not show is meant for everybody yeah. Monster Media was my first show, and so that will always have a special place in my heart, but it's not my scene. I am much more laid back. I like the smaller feel of something like New Jersey Horror Con, PA Horror Con, Creature Feature. Creature Feature. I like those smaller 
setted shows i don't like you the know more intimate feels i like the more intimate Contropolis feels. was a lot of fun because yeah it was very it was big but there wasn't a lot of people there no i but i don't like the rhode island comic con steel city con you know like i don't like those big crazy busy shows it's nice to meet some of the guests they have there but my anxiety is just no thank you so but we definitely want to cover all of them so if you have a movie recommendation that you'd like us to cover please don't send in the lost boys if you do, we'll cover it, but I don't want to watch the movie. I hate the movie. <laughs> now they're really going to send it in. You shouldn't have opened your mouth. But to be fair, we're trying to cover... We're trying to cover more obscure stuff. Yeah. Things but, that we really haven't seen. Which is why I said for people under the stairs, we're going to do that one. That's yeah. not an obscure movie. I don't think it gets the recommend... The, the, uh-huh. the, notice. the recognition yeah. that it deserves. For sure. But... We will cover that one. There's a big reunion, obviously, New Jersey Horror Con, but there's a lot of reunions going on this summer. It's going to be a lot of fun. And hey, in the meantime, we got Nickel City coming up. We got Controp- another Contropolis coming up. I'm super excited for our Nickel City episode. I am too, actually. There's yeah. a really good movie on that one that a lot of people are probably not aware of and they need to be aware of. Yeah. We will fill them in for sure. Three really good movies on that list. I'm very excited. I agree so can't wait we will see you next week and we are off to watch some more movies one more foreign film to go and then we can record another episode yeah sure thing um check out monstars toys in what's that scranton german dixon city City. there you go same thing last episode time i do that (laughs) check out scott's variety shop that's i don't know where that is Somewhere in the West. I think it's in I think it's in Waynesboro, PA, but you can find them on Facebook. Check those guys out. They are super friendly, super fantastic. They'll hook you up. They'll take care of you. Tell them the Horrorcon Lounge sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Are we good? I was trying to end this episode 25 minutes yeah, ago. Fuck that. We want to keep talking. The listeners want to hear us talk, damn it. All right. We're gonna end it. Uh, I'm, well, I got, I'm out of Long Island iced tea, so I got to go make another drink, and we got a movie to watch. He and... says he's got to go make another drink, but I'll tell you, he's drinking this shit out of a fucking can, so he ain't making shit. That's a 10% alcohol by volume. I'm not saying it's a bad drink. I'm just saying you're not making it, so he's gonna go make something different. I'm gonna actually make a drink. Now. He's gonna actually make okay, a drink. You're gonna call my ass out on fucking Radio Land, then this is I gotta go make a land. real drink. Which will be whiskey and coke. Make it a root beer. Whiskey and root beer. I was about to say, make it a double. All right. Perfect. All right. He he needs a double to deal with my bullshit. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, every episode. This is super fun recording together in person again. It's been a while. Yeah. I think they got that. I hope they can hear me. I'm sure they can. Because I'm far away from the microphone. Well, but I don't fucking talk throughout the episode. Kristen always says so. It doesn't matter. Very true. I don't ever say anything or contribute anything or do anything. She likes to pawn the shitty movies off on me and talk about all the good ones. Yep. I will try and get better at the movies that I don't enjoy all that much. How's that sound? So I'm going to tell the listeners right now before. So I've got HC. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, okay. You've got the foreign film that we didn't even watch yet because I know you're not going to like it. And I know I'll probably like it more than you do. Okay. So. Okay. All right, folks. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.